Hi, and welcome to the Spitty is Shitty show. Firstly, I'd like to apologize for the poor quality of the previous two episodes. It sounded like I was in a tin can, but those issues are now resolved, and I can move on. Really concerning stuff today, Dan Andrews in Victoria. He publicly said that if you haven't been vaxxed, at some point you're going to play no role in society or more importantly the economy, which means no shopping, no work, no life. This guy is an absolute psychopath. He is downright dangerous. We always knew that, but he's proving it more and more and more. Now, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who have taken their vax or are intending to take their vax that think that this is totally acceptable. And that, you know, people who they call anti-vaxxers should be excluded from society. Well, firstly, let's point out a couple of things. So not everybody is an anti-vaxxer. I've said publicly on this show that I'm certainly not an anti-vaxxer. I just don't want to be part of a clinical trial. I'm more than happy to wait and see what the published reports are from this clinical trial, which is exactly what is happening right now. So anybody taking the shot is choosing to participate in a test. They're choosing to participate in a test that has not even undergone animal trials. I mean, ultimately, it's your body and it's your choice. And that's fine. But where do we draw the line around excluding people from society or stopping them from buying groceries or going to work? This is insane. This is absolute madness. And for those of you who think that this kind of thing is okay, it's time for you to start waking up. It is time for you to understand that the government has been deliberately dividing people and the media has been brainwashing you. They have literally taken your brain and put it in a front loader, soaked it up and turned it on a max. So, a question for those who have taken the vax or are considering taking the vax and have that point of view that those who won't take it should be subjected to exclusions and restrictions and the rest of it. How would you feel if in, say, 12, 18 or 24 months that it turns out that the problem and the risk and transmission and all the rest of it, particularly, you know, maybe deaths, are actually all associated with people that are vaccinated. Would you then want the same kind of medical apartheid? Would you then agree that there should be some kind of exclusions? Or would you be more than happy for society to turn around and go, well, actually, you guys are the problem. Maybe you should be locked up. Maybe you shouldn't go shopping. Maybe you shouldn't go to work. Have you considered that this is a possibility? 
how how big a possibility is, I don't know. But we are talking about the fact that this is an experiment. There are no known long-term outcomes from any of these experimental vaccines. And for those of you who argue and say, hey, it's all good, they're approved, I'm sorry, but they are in clinical trial, some till the end of 2022, some till the end of 2020, uh, sorry, early 2023. And as far as the Pfizer jab goes, what Pfizer have done is they've said, all right, well, our current vaccine, which is in clinical trial till 2023, we're going to rebrand it as Cominati. And we're going to then put that thing into clinical trial until 2024. So they're saying effectively that they have two products. So that way they can't be, I guess, prosecuted for the first product as having pushed it and advertised it or, you know, said that it was safe. So the second product is going to be their branded product, their COVID vaccine. But it's years away from being cleared. That's their safety net. And if you don't know much about Pfizer, they run a bunch of shell companies so that when things go wrong, the shell companies get sued. So this will be Cormanati or whatever they, however they pronounce it. Kind of sounds like commie community shortened. So all these shell companies get sued, but Pfizer themselves don't. Really, really interesting. I have a question for those out there that are wondering what is going on. How do you feel about your government right now? Whether it be state, whether it be federal? Does the concept of Daniel Andrews and his, I guess, proposition that those that haven't taken an experimental vaccine be excluded from society in some way. Whether that's you or your family members or your friends, how do you feel about that? What if it was you? Whether it be now or whether it be later, like I just proposed. Would you protest? Would you riot? Not that rioting is a good thing. Certainly don't condone that. But think about what you would do. These are dangerous times. And whether you think right now you're on the right side of history, irrespective of which side you're on, nobody knows. I don't know whether I'm on the right side of history by choosing not to take an experiment. I may well be proven down the line that I was wrong. It's a distinct possibility. Although at the moment, the data suggests that that's probably not the case. But for those of you who have taken the vaccine, what if you find out later on that you were on the wrong side of history and now you're the ones being excluded? Especially for those of you who have been 
the champions and the voice and the advocates of, oh, yes, we should definitely, definitely restrict the movements and, you know, the capabilities of people to shop, work and participate if they haven't been vaxxed. What are you going to do if those tides turn? Are you going to be as cranky and as snappy as you are now? And and when I say that, I'm talking about the fact that I am regularly now being subjected to opinions and points of view and, excuse me, sorry, some kinds of levels of aggression where people who are vaccinated think that because I'm choosing not to be, that I am in fact risking their lives and killing people. Now, I had such a suggestion made to me last week where somebody said, oh, have you had your vax yet? And I said, no. And they said, why not? I said, well, because I'm in a very low risk group. I eat well. I eat lots of vegetables. I take lots of vitamins and other things prophetically, which will, will help me to, you know, it will minimize any side effects that I might get if I do contract COVID. But it'll also reduce my chances of actually getting the infection. And the response to that was, well, mate, we're trying to save fucking lives here. And I said, well, are we? Are we really? Have you seen the data from overseas, the UK, Iceland, Gibraltar, and many others? And the person didn't know what I was talking about. So I gave some stats and figures and this and that and said, well, it would actually seem that the unvaccinated really aren't a problem. But you might have had two now, but you're going to be queuing up for your third, your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, and you're probably still going to die. That didn't go down so well. In fact, I saw that person again today and... (laughs) While I didn't have a conversation with them, they just death stared me. And it was kind of enjoyable, actually. Now, a lot of people have said that, you know, people like myself who don't think it's a great idea to take part of an experiment, that we're crazy conspiracy theorists. Now, 18 months ago, I was kind of suggesting that possibly, yeah, if a vaccine does come, What's it going to be like? We don't really know. And will it become mandatory? Will will there be passports? And sure enough, here's the hill that I die on. So vaccines in Australia aren't mandatory. We have passports, but they're not mandatory. But are they really not mandatory when you are going to have to take one in order to be able to work, feed your family? This is crazy stuff. This is absolutely and utterly insane. We are really in a diabolical moment in time. I'd have to ask yourself just to think for a moment. Is freedom free? Or is slavery free? 
Because freedom is one of those things that you have to fight for, whether it be against another country or some kind of opposing ideals, tyrannical government on home soil. There's lots of reasons that you might have to fight for your freedom. And when I say freedom, that just includes basic rights, human rights. Now, I'll give you an example. So last week, I took my child out to dinner to celebrate one of their achievements. And I said, you get to choose where we go. So my child made a decision and we rocked up to the joint and we got there. And I was asked, hey, where's your mask? So I explained courteously that I don't have a mask because I do have a legitimate medical exemption from a doctor. Now, they were like, yeah, okay, that's great, cool. So I thought, yeah, cool, we'll go inside. And they stopped me at the door and said, no, you need to show us your papers. You need to show us your medical exemption from your doctor. So I highlighted the fact that the government in the state that I live in clearly has published on their website and categorically said, you do not need to provide evidence of such an exemption. This was not good enough for this place that we were going to. They said, no, no paperwork, no entry. So again, I reiterated the point that legally these people can't ask me for that. And that if I had to provide that paperwork, that would then show them parts of my medical history, which is actually between my doctor and I. I have a right to privacy. While the person on the door was super courteous, and super polite, super sympathetic, and genuinely respectful, for which I have a lot of gratitude. They apologized, but they couldn't let me in. So we left and we went to another venue and we walked straight in. And do you have an exemption? Yes. Okay. Have a seat. We'll take your order. Simple as that. Purely respectful. Great service. Can't recommend them enough. The next day, actually, sorry, before that, while I was at Venue 2, I called Venue 1 and I asked to speak to the manager on duty and that person actually became abusive and suggested that I'm a liar and suggested that I'm trying to cheat the system and that it was their job to catch people out. That's the mind frame of people now. Like, this is how far and how divisive society has become. It's it's dangerous. So the very next day, I actually called and spoke to the general manager of the venue, and that person confirmed that their policy was exactly what had happened. No paperwork, or no papers, no entry. So I pointed out the, the fact that it was unlawful under our state legislation, they didn't care. They did not care. Not one bit. And we had a conversation that went on for a while and 
got to a point where we we sort of went around in circles a little bit, but I had to say, well, okay, I'm sorry, but what you're doing is unlawful, it's unreasonable, it's discrimination, and I'm going to have to refer you to the Human Rights Commission. And I've now done that because they refused to back down. So sometimes you have to stand your ground or you just become a slave to the system. But speaking about being a slave to the system, our system is government. Now, did we really choose these people? I'm not talking in the, you know, perspective of dominion or any of that kind of stuff because we don't really have any of that in Australia, not to my knowledge anyway. I mean, the last campaign that I was on, the ballots were being hand-counted. Although some of our pre-polling boxes were um, opened and unsealed prior to the election count, which is kind of interesting in itself. But when I say, did we really choose our government? Are we talking about our politicians that have been put forward? Now, those candidates, they're obviously pre-selected, but who has what control over that? I mean, a perfect example of that is um, Michael Fodios in New South Wales. He's kind of the power broker. He decides who gets up to run and who doesn't. He decides who gets the support. Now, given this guy has extremely close ties to George Soros, are we, are we really getting a choice here? Is option A better than B or B better than A? Because who's to say that both sides of the liberal labor or whatever camp might it might be, who's to say that the same thing is not happening on both sides? I mean, look at the government we have now, whether it be state or federal, they're all just partisan fucks. You know, like when I say partisan, I mean, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, liberal labor. But in reality, they're, they're both very vanilla and there's two sides to that same coin. There really isn't a lot of difference between them now. And especially in the last 12 to 18 months, it's become clear that there is really no line. And it's kind of like having Michael Fodios on both sides or George, George Soros's money on both sides, which I'd be prepared to say that that's very, very likely. So do we really have a choice? I'm not really convinced that we do. There might be some fringe parties. There might be some independents. But you need to do your research because particularly with the independents, they tend to favour one side or another. or They're going to quickly align with the major party. And you need to kind of work out what they really support and potentially where their funding is coming from. And you've got to ask these people the hard questions before you go and back them. And I'll come back to that in a minute. One thing that blew me away today was I agreed with GetUp. Now, I have personally and delightedly in the past been part of sharing internal GetUp information with the media and with certain outlets 
things that they didn't want people to know and campaigns they were doing and how they were going about it. I've been involved in that directly and I'm, I'm proud of that because in all honesty, get up is another Soros funded shit box full of wankers and people that are brainwashed and designed to confuse you. However, I cannot argue with the position that they've taken against the government right now. So the government has now rushed through parliament. Both major parties have agreed. And now the federal police can hack your social media accounts, your email accounts. They can edit your posts. They can create posts. They can delete posts. They can essentially do whatever the fuck they want. Now, for those of you who think that this kind of overreach might be a good thing, think about this for a second. You post something that the government doesn't like, intentional or unintentional, doesn't matter. They think, all right, cool. We want to get rid of this person. We don't like their views. Or not anymore, at least. What is to stop them from posting something or editing something of yours that sets you up to become a terrorist? Now, you're accountable for something that you didn't do. This is Orwellian. It is dangerous. And it is fucking terrifying. My best advice to all of you is turn on two-factor authentication, get heavy-duty virus security on all of your devices, including your mobile phones, especially your Android phones, and for God's sake, get a VPN and a paid one, not a free one, and set the endpoint to be somewhere overseas, preferably in a country that's not five eyes. But get up going on about liberty and freedom and our rights blew me away because that's generally what they've been the opposite of. I mean, this, this completely defies every narrative they've ever gone with. So it makes me really think that they are concerned because they have something to be concerned about, particularly with the fact that, you know, they hate the Morrison government, the Morrison government hates them, there's a pretty good chance that, well, they could be set up. So now they've actually started to wake up and realize the position that they are in. And that is dangerous to them. They could now be fucked up and shut down. Really, really interesting times. So now all of a sudden they start preaching the truth because they have legitimate concerns because this now actually affects them. Unlike the other bullshit they go on about, like climate change and whatever, whatever Cyrus pays them to do. Very interesting. But look, in reality, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time till all these heavy handed approaches really start to come down and really start to restrict our freedoms. Whether you, whether you think you're on the right side of being vaxxed or unvaxxed or whatever, everybody's going to be affected. And if you think that because you're vaxxed and we separate the unvaxxed that 
everything's going to be hunky-dory. Well, I'm sorry, but we're going to be in a recession because you're going to limit people's capability to work, pay tax, buy things. You could, For those of you who are leftists or vaccinated or whatever you might be, you own a fucking business, well, guess what? You just cut out a, a chunk of your business. I know that I wouldn't... I wouldn't buy anywhere or anything from any person that thinks that medical apartheid is okay. You will never get a fucking cent out of me. If somebody down the road had a shop similar and they said, yeah, cool, we'll we'll serve anybody and everything and doesn't matter if you're vaxxed or unvaxxed, they get my business. Because... We talk about inclusive societies. We talk about tolerance. And at the moment, societies are allowing itself to be completely and utterly divided by government and by media. The brainwashing is on. It's been on for a long time. But as I've said before, there are more brains washed in this pandemic than hands. So it's really time to think about what things are going to be like moving forward. It's really imperative, and I've said this before, and I'm just going to keep saying it in every episode, it is time to start hounding your politicians, your local members, whether they be state, federal, council. You need to get onto them and say, okay, where do you stand and what do you stand for? Are you going to accept the concept of people being restricted from society or vaccinations being, you know, the linchpin for whether someone can go to war with. You need to ask these questions and you need to be direct. And when you don't get a direct answer and you get the political spin along the lines of, you know, it's our best shot. You know, if everybody gets vaccinated, we're all good. Don't take that. Say, that's not the question that I asked you. I asked you a very direct question and you need to answer it. And it doesn't matter how many times you need to call or email or visit. They're the kind of things that you need to ask. And you must stand your ground. Politicians need to understand that, well, okay, no matter whether they were pre-selected because of Photios, Soros or whatever, but there is a ballot box. And when you tell them, I won't be supporting you because you're an asshole and you don't stand for my values. That has a little bit of power, particularly when other people say it as well. And it's important that we start having open and honest discussions with friends and family about these kinds of things. The people are too brainwashed and they've had their double vax and they're ready to take their third, fourth and fifth booster shots. Well, okay, cool. Don't have that conversation with them. Let them be. Let them let them do what they want. Don't exclude them. Don't show any prejudice against them. Because hopefully at some point they're going to wake up, you know, maybe around the eighth booster and their eyes are hanging out of their head. Hard to say, but keep an open mind. But don't let your politicians be in a position where they 
don't get held accountable. We're not always going to win. And by that, I mean, we can, we can hound politicians. And more importantly, we can put our hand up and campaign against them. You don't have to run against them, but find the local candidate that subscribes to your values and go out there and pre-election, get out there and hand out the cards. Talk to the people. Tell people what this person stands for. I've done it. It's not super easy. I've been out there and done 12 or 13 hours on election day in the hot sun. We didn't win. But you know what? I would do it again and again and again for the right candidate. Not a particular party, but for the right candidate. Now, quick example before I um, end the show. Clive Palmer. Lunatic. Absolute freaking lunatic. But so are a lot of rich people. Maybe that's what makes him successful. He's, he's not the most, you know, he's not the highest on the list of integrity, but he's made Craig Kelly party leader. He brought in a million doses of hydroxychloroquine for the public at no cost to them. The government clearly has refused that. But sometimes maybe we need a lunatic, particularly a lunatic with money and a lunatic that hates the government. Just think about that. Maybe the lunatic is our best asset. That's me done. Keep it real, people.